Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 247, covering parturition and persistence of vision. Friends, this week was... I don't know. Not as good as the la- or not as bad as the last few. I uh, guess? Definitely not as bad as the last few, but it could would, have been better. Would you say season two has given us any good episodes yet? I would say no. <laughs> it was like a bird call. <laughs> ah. Ah. Fuck future. <laughs> Fuck Voyager. Fuck Futurama. Is that oh, what you were gonna say? We were talking about ignore, Futurama. A ignore ago. that. We were talking about Futurama before we started recording. Yeah, but what do the birds have against Futurama? Never fuck Futurama. Futurama is a fine show. Mostly. Mm. I mean, the last little bit of it wasn't great, but you know, a little rough towards the end. But still, I'd say you know more good than bad. Well, it's it's basically like you're talking about Star Trek as a whole. The first bit of it was quite good, and then it got really good, and then kind of trailed off. And then there were those movies, and. That was a little rough. Oh, no, I'm talking about Voyager and Enterprise. Oh. I would but. definitely equate the uh, the Futurama movies to the next-gen movies. No, I disagree. I think I think uh, the first one, Bender's Big Score, is one of the best things they ever did. Really? Yes, absolutely. I think the other one's not so much, but I think that first one was really, really good. Mm. You have a lot of love for the Beast with a Billion Backs. Eh, of course you do. It's got tentacles. It's true. You're and, listening to And David the, Cross. Well, yes. Yeah, but so do the Chipmunks movies. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, I guess that's true. What happened to you, David Cross? You can't you can't put out angry comedy albums and then do the Chipmunks movie. You can, and he did. I guess so. Three times. And I'm not going to argue with David Cross. He looks like he'd hit me. Probably. That dude's mad all the time. I know. I just watched the new uh, uh, Mr. Show, not Mr. Show, but Mr. Show thing on Netflix. You talking about W slash Bob and David? And you have to type it in. No, W slash Bob ampersand David. If you if you do a search for with Bob and David, it mm-hmm. won't come up. You have to put W slash. Anyway, there's a whole joke bit, haha, about virgins and uh, uh, hey, I love I love your show. How come you did the Chipmunks movie? Like basically saying stuff like we're saying now. Uh-huh. Because virgins, ha ha ha. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, Voyager, Matt. Yeah. Now that you've talked me out of checking out the new Mister Show. No, it's actually like I I was never a huge fan, but there was some good stuff in there. Mm, all right. In any case, it, it's better than this. I'll say. That's true. And I could also like while W slash Bob ampersand David not the best title better than parturition. Parturi part is it part parturition? Parturition. Parturition. That is my guess. Uh, all right. But I don't know what it means. Nobody does. But uh, why don't you tell us about it? All right. Well, first of all, we can stop with the $3 word titles, Voyager. I know you're all very excited about your word-a-day calendar, but these, but these titles are getting aggravating, vexuous, discom- discommittious, and reverberative. All right. On to this week's spectacle. The two biggest creeps on Voyager fighting over the affections of a two-year-old. In the red corner. In, in the red corner. 
the pervert from prison, the Duke of Douchedom, Tom, the lights, the city of lights out Paris, and in the blue corner, hailing from parts unknown and uninteresting, the Batlin Talaxian, the dirtiest dick in the Delta Quadrant, it's Neelix. What starts as a simple request by Paris for Kess to sit in his lap while he shows her his joystick ends with a spaghetti fight in the mess hall between two grown men. Luckily, Janeway's seen the Odo and Quark episode, or shipwrecked episode of DS9, and sends these two idiots on a mission where they can bond and learn to give a care. She sends them to Planet Hell to search for food. Seriously, Planet Hell. It's a, it's kind of a hole, but it's supposed to have a pizza place or Chinese food or something. So off you go. Six, literally six seconds later, Paris has crashed the ship. While the crew mounts a rescue, for some reason, on Voyager, Paris and Neelix trade barbs and then find a giant egg, which Neelix hatches because he's a cartoon character. Inside the egg is the baby from Disney's Dinosaurs, and the creep squad instantly decides to try to protect it from, you know, whatever. Honestly, probably each other. Eventually, Voyager rescues them, but not before they deliver the baby to its mother? Father? Snake monster? Whatever, I don't care. Anyway, Neelix and Paris find a newfound respect for one another and decide to share Kess. Kess, of course, is not consulted. Sure isn't. Nope, not even a couple, little bit. A couple of things. Your vexatious, discombobulous, and rebarbative. Like, mm-hmm. there's only a uh, red underline under one of those. Yep. Did you try to find real words? I, d- I found real words. Those are all real words. Oh. Discomidious, well. I just spelt wrong. Ah, very well. And uh, the, the other thing was... Um, I forget now. Was it Disney's dinosaurs? Yes, it was. Wait, maybe it was Jim Henson's dinosaurs. I... Oh, shit, it was Jim Henson's dinosaurs. No, I was thinking of that that dinosaur animated movie that everyone always forgets. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Also, spaghetti fight, actual thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Not Although it wasn't spaghetti, up. it was hair. Uh, it was okay, a, let's talk about that. It was let's, a hair that's fight. A good, good a place to start as any. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you know how here on Earth, where we live... Where mm-hmm. probably all our listeners live, most I mean, likely. Many. Uh, we we have been beaming episodes into space in the hopes of contacting alien races, but so far nothing. Yeah, so far the post atomic SETI project has not been <laughs> successful. Matt named it. I did name it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's um. It, it, it we you know here we have uh, angel hair pasta, and mm-hmm. it's not literally angel hair. It's just like a name. Since angel, both angels and hair don't actually exist. So. Right. Yeah, hair does not exist. That is correct. Um, but apparently Neelix has some pasta that's actually the hair of some, I don't know, something. It's, it's like, like why? It, 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 you've got Harold, like, it's not actually hair, is it? Almost in a joking manner, but, you know, yeah. let's make fun and of then, Neelix's cooking. And then he's like, oh, of course it's hair. Why wouldn't it be hair? Eat this hair. Look, I get the argument that, look, resources are limited. That That's really what dr- makes them go to this stupid planet. Mm-hmm. Resources are limited. I get that. But, like, I don't know. You got to understand that there's certain things humans might hear and not want to eat. Maybe learn how to say something else and not tell them it's hair. Yeah, because just, that's probably going to make them not want just it. Just go with eat this pasta. Yeah. It's it's like your earth pasta. Just leave it at that. Yeah. But, what is it, Neelix? It's pasta. Definitely not hair at all. I certainly wouldn't feed anybody hair. Who would think that I would be feeding you you hair? Kes comes in. Neelix, I got that hair delivery for you. Put it in the back. Shut up. Yeah, I'm making a wig for um uh, the doctor. Yeah. Neelix, turning him into your Braga again. (laughs) Neelix, 
All that hair you wanted to feed the crew is getting stale. Do you want me to put it in the fridge? All this edible hair? We put it in the storage room that suddenly exists everywhere. What the the hell was that about? I saw your note. It did, like I noticed it too, but it didn't bother People me. People just bringing shit episode. out of store. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, there's a massive like storage facility in the basement of Voyager. Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's a storage room. Why wouldn't there? I guess it's been like long enough that they can start cracking them open and doing. Uh, oh god, what the fuck is that terrible show called? I don't know. Where they crack open storage containers and they get to keep the stuff inside. Uh, I know what you're talking about because they made fun of it on Arrested Development, mm-hmm. but I don't actually know what you're talking yeah. about. Like I've never actually seen them. I, I was hoping they were just like making up a thing. No, nope, of course it's no. Real. People will literally watch anything. You can tell because we're watching Voyager. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, yeah. Eating just, some hair. I I will say I didn't completely hate this. I there's some good character stuff in this. Yeah. Um, and given that it's largely focusing on Neelix and Paris, my mm-hmm. two least favorite characters right now. Yep. That's pretty impressive. I will say this may, we'll have to see where things go, but this may be where the show turns a corner and I don't completely despise Paris. I mostly just dislike Neelix now. Yeah. I mean, we'll see where it goes. I don't know. I'm given, I'm willing to give Paris the benefit of the doubt because. He had a couple of, like, this is actually my good thing. Mm. And I try this with my good thing as much as I can to call out things that I usually complain about when they aren't terrible. Mm -hmm. Just because it's rare. You know, if I if something bugs me, it's usually because it happens a lot. Yeah. If something happens once, I usually go, well, that you know, this writer didn't know, or they're still figuring it out. But it usually when things really get under my craw, it's because they keep doing it. And like, so whenever they deviate from that pattern, whenever Chakotay does something, or whenever like Paris does something, I don't hate. Mm-hmm. I really want to call it out. And he had some good lines here. I mostly understood where he was coming from. Mm-hmm. He will get we'll get more into the Kess thing a bit, like in a minute but he had feelings for her he admitted to have feelings for her and he also said but that's inappropriate and i'm not going to act on it yeah like i was surprised that's not a that's not a typical tom paris reaction good man there's never been an impulse you haven't acted on right well i don't know that we make a lot of assumptions well he is a gross creep he is a gross creep but in this episode he didn't really come off that way he came off as well there was a flirty vibe there but no just yeah. it would it would not be appropriate and good yeah like, i'm glad i although that ties right into my bad thing mm. it would be inappropriate because she's with neelix and and basically every everything between the two of them all of their conflict is she's mine yeah like she belongs to me she never has a say in any of this no. she barely is in it there's there's a nice little scene where she's fucking pissed off with the doctor but that's mostly about, like, she's sick of the two of them arguing all the time. Uh, she's kind of projecting, like, they've gone off on their mission. She's super pissed about all this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she kind of, like, unloads it on the doctor, which is not fair to him. Yeah. But, you know, like, I get it. But, I mean, she's his other friend, so. Right. No, I completely understand. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, not fair to him. Yeah. But. But she has no real say in the actual conflict. Well, no, and the other... She's like an object to be fought over. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the thing is, she's never pissed off about that. No. Like, it, she's just mad that they won't stop fighting with each other. And that's fucking irritating, you know? It is. And she needs more... I, I never know... I never quite understand the use of the word agency, and I'm probably using it wrong. Mm. But I think it's correct here. She, she needs 
to have a greater role in what like what's yeah, going on what when it I, involves her. From what I know about it, it basically just means control over her own life. And yeah. if I'm wrong about that, you know, let me know because yeah, I, I'm not sure either. And you know, we try to have our hearts in the right place in in these sorts of things, but. Mm. I, you know, I don't always get the terminology right, so I might have that wrong. But yeah, essentially, she needs more of an active role in things that directly pertain to her. Exactly. I don't think it's controversial to say that. Mm-hmm. I think it's fairly, you know, like fairly reasonable to say that. I just want, I just want an episode where she sits these two idiots down and is just like, "Stop it." Yeah, I don't want either of you. How about that? I'd love her to say that. That would be great. Just like Neelix, I've had enough of your shit. Forget it. Mm-hmm. I do. I have heard spoilers, I guess. I have heard they break up. Mm-hmm. But I also know she leaves the show about halfway through. Yeah. So, so I mean, they would have to. But no, prior to that. Like, oh, I, I, well, I understand there's some time where she's still on the show and they're not together. Oh, good. But I don't I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But in any case, it's just that it really bugs me that they talk about her like this is some property that. The reason Tom won't do anything about it is because she's Neelix's property. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, man. Maybe she's not interested in, in you. You ever thought of that? No. Yeah. I haven't. Of course. Of course I'm, I haven't. Been. I'm Tom Paris. Have you seen me? Yeah. Look how great I am. But again, there's not a lot of that in this. No. There's not a lot of his super smugness. There's not a lot of his inappropriateness. Like, the, the general gist of the argument is... She's mine. Well, that's okay. But mm-hmm. apart from that, I got to give him credit. He's, you know, he's. Yeah, you can actually see his point of view in this one, you know? Yeah. Look, I, look, we had a moment, mm-hmm. and this does happen. This happens between reasonable adults. Mm-hmm. We had a moment, and I shouldn't do anything about it. Yeah. That's a normal human conflict that's not weird or gross in and of itself. Well, no, it's not. Come on, you've, you've never, like, once fe- thought maybe you felt something with, like, a, a female friend, and then, like, but no, that's that's probably not something I should pursue. That, that happens. That always sure. happens with everybody, ever. <laughs> like, oh, maybe romance. Wait, no, no, maybe not romance. Never. Like, that's that's completely normal. I hope. <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I'm going back to my, ro- to my room to whip myself. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, if nothing else, it's certainly normal in in fiction. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I didn't. And he's got a lot of funny lines. I would say, there's a there's a funny little bit where Harold has used up like two weeks of his uh, replicator rations, like suffered through Neelix's hair food, <laughs> so that he oh, can save. Oh, it's a- not the only thing I put hair in. <laughs> I think you'll find that each meal that each meal I've prepared for you has just got a single Neelix hair hidden somewhere in it. The game is to find out where. Oh. But Harold uh, has uh, like suffered through Neelix's um, cooking so that he can save up enough rations. And I like I like that. Mm-hmm. I like if you want a special object that's sort of complex and takes a lot of replicator like yeah. resources, you have to like you. you you only have a certain amount, and you can use it on food, or you can make a thing. Mm-hmm. And we did. We we saw that last week with the uh, with the stupid necklace, Cass's stupid that, locket, right? But it's still like in itself. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. It's something we've talked about. Limited resources. I I still don't get why they can use the holodeck, but that's a separate thing. But um, and he saved up for like two weeks so that he could make a clarinet because he's talked about this before. Like um, he played the clarinet, mm-hmm. and we even saw it on his terrible like Earth Vision. Where it was there. Yep. 
and like so it's it's been a well-established thing and so he got a clarinet and it's funny because he clearly doesn't know how to play it because he's still just playing it's not three blind mice but it might as well be three blind mice <laughs> and they, there's a cute little bit where where tom comes in and he's like oh, I'm, I'm really upset about this whole cast thing nothing i can do about it can you play some music and um and he plays three blind mice or whatever it is can you play something else no i just got the kit can you play something not as happy? Because I'm not happy right now. It's, it's a cute moment. Play like, Free Bird. Yeah. But it's, it's genuinely cute, I would say. Mm-hmm. And Paris made me laugh and wasn't a creep. I'm going to tell you, my favorite part of that scene is uh, uh, towards the end when uh, Harry is basically sitting right next to him, shoving the clarinet in his face and playing it for him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny little scene, I would mm-hmm. say. And then on the, on the planet... They have a couple of moments where it's like, um, so it's a baby. Uh, it's it's shivering. That's uh, that's normal, right? Right. Shivering babies. I I don't know. And, I that babies shiver, right? And i I gotta give um I gotta give uh, Robert Duncan McNeil credit for that. Like, just playing it like uh I I don't actually know what babies do. Mm-hmm. I this is I'm a bit out of my expertise here do you know anything i don't you... and I, I don't know i liked it. i liked the way he played it it was pretty good neelix you've been around kids before i not not since the restraining order <laughs> yeah um but yeah overall i would say this is the first time i didn't completely despise him mm-hmm. so definitely got to give credit where it's That's, due yeah i'll give him i'll give you that also uh this is the first time I've actually thought that Harry and Paris might like each other. Yeah, actually be friends instead of instead like, of you're my friend. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've I've put a flag on on this. This is mine. Mm-hmm. Although I still go back to the come on, come on, Harry, let's get in trouble. Oh, I don't know, Tom. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, that is definitely a vibe that I get from these two from mm-hmm. time to time. Oh, the captain's going to be really mad when she finds out we Jeez. we took her thing. Oh, uh, we're only captain's borrowing not- her thing. It'll be back in no time. She'll never even notice. Yep. And think how proud she'll be when she sees that you painted her shuttle for her. <laughs> oh, I guess so. Yeah, we could totally write the Voyager act, uh, animated series. We yep. practically already have. <laughs> Uh, so what was your, uh, let's say, bad thing first? Cause uh, I mean, let's this. just take Matt's two least favorite characters, shove them in a shuttle and watch them bicker. I got sick of it, like, from the from the pasta scene, mm-hmm. I just was so done with, like... Oh, like I said, spaghetti fight is a real thing that happened, spa- and it happened for a, a good solid minute. Yeah, no, don't be fooled. This is, this is a sizable spaghetti fight in this in this episode. Yeah, I, I will say it was funny... Because immediately thereafter, uh, the two of them were summoned to, to see the captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we have a minute to... No. Now. Well, great. We can't clean up first. No. This is going to be awkward. So why, just, so why are you covered in what appears to be hair? The the look that she gives them is just like, oh, what, it, what now? Come on. Come on. So, uh, what's all yeah. this? Why, why are you covered in what appears to be spaghetti sauce? <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good. Like, I there were some funny moments out of it. But yeah, you're right, I putting just, these two together. Like, the nice thing is, and you were saying this, you read this on Memory Alpha, is that apparently this is the end of the Paris-Neelix uh, bickering over Kess thing. 
Yeah, they they said they're tired of like they've set it up enough that they have to do something with it mm-hmm. because they keep coming back to Neelix's like jealousy. Mm-hmm. They can't just suddenly stop writing it. They, His they now have to deal jealousy, with jealousy. By the way, yeah, they now have to deal with that. Yeah, so like they did, but now it's done. Mm-hmm. Like they said, this is the last time. And actually, next episode is designed to like it's it. You you had a very good phrase for what they were trying to do. They're, these both of these episodes are trying to to clear the stage for something better. Yeah, later. they're cleaning. They're they're cleaning house on stuff that they don't want to deal with anymore. No, you said they were taking out the garbage. That's it. Thank you. Which I thought was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Because these plots are garbage. <laughs> but I I enjoyed. Um, I, I enjoyed bits of it. Mm. But and, I mean, uh, for the most part, it's, uh, it's so much bickering. And I just, I don't like either of these characters, you know? Like no. you said, Paris is better, but fuck, I hate Neelix. Well, the, the way the guy, the way Ethan Phillips plays Neelix is so broad and so not believable. Mm. That's the big thing. I never really buy, like, the jealousy always seems sort of feigned. I'm so mad! You know, like, just, ugh. It's just. There, there's he, a he shot. Like okay. when um when Kess and Paris get off of their uh, their training simulation, and you just see Neelix in the background as they walk away laughing and enjoying themselves. They just like, Whoa. well, I've I've been I've been doing some research. Uh-huh. I'm writing a comedy soap opera, uh-huh. so I have an excuse. But I'm I'm watching a lot of soap operas. Listen, right Al, now. we're all friends. You don't have to justify yourself to me. No, no. Listen, it's terrible. I will admit. A lot of it I'm watching because of uh, research, but I am hooked on Passions, which is the worst show ever made, and I'll admit I kind of like it. But <laughs> I'm sorry, just hooked on Passions. I totally am, and it's Nate's fault, by the I way. Want, I just want—I want a picture of you, like, like in that sort of shocked. I just noticed someone's taking a picture of me, and then it just says Ron Algar Watt hooked on Passions? Question mark. Yeah, well, I am possible homosexual. <laughs> But uh, no, I I would never malign uh, the nice homosexuals. They oh have better taste than that. No, it, it, but in, in any case, I'm I'm kind of picking up on the way uh, uh, melodramas and soap operas tell stories. Mm-hmm. And the the cut to Neelix seething, <sighs> like suddenly he's in the foreground, like oh, I'll get you. It was very soap opera. He's not big. He's just in the foreground. Yeah, it just uh, not good. And again, a lot of that is Ethan Phillips. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is if he could play it, maybe even with an ounce of subtlety, it no. would be better. But no, there, I think there's, he there's thinks a, it's funny. There's a line he has when they crash on the planet. It was almost my quote, but uh, it wasn't. <laughs> where um, you just hear, and it's so weird. Like it's just you just hear him, uh, and it was clearly ADR'd too. Mm. Where it, no, there's a, there's some bad looping in this. There's episode. some really bad looping in this. But you, he's not facing the camera. You just hear him go, "I'm itchy." <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's when they first get to the planet and um, the vapors. Apparently, they have the vapors. Yeah, they got the vapors. I guess that's what's going on. It's a good I thing don't. Paris brought his fainting couch. Yeah. And borrowed it from uh, Janeway in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess the vapors make them itchy. And, yeah, he's like... No, I no. Ex- itchy. I, I expected uh, Paris to say, I'm lumpy. Ugh. <laughs> Crossover's coming up soon. Yeah, it is. They, they owe us. So mm-hmm. yeah. thanks for that. They're gonna they're gonna repay us, I'm sure. <laughs> you, I got a note. I, I got a note mailed to my. Uh, well, I say mailed. It was really it was uh, it was pinned to my front door with a knife that said, "We owe you." Yeah. Oh man. Look, <sighs> why do I get punished for for Matt's terrible choices? 
That's not fair. I guess that's the co-host code, but still. It's been going on as long as we've been working together. I know it has. I make poor decisions and you suffer for it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> hey, let's watch all of Star Trek. That's pretty much the only All of Star decision. Trek, huh? That's pretty much the only bad decision I've made that you've had to suffer for. It's true. I did say yes, though. That yeah, was early enough that I could have said no. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's, uh, I mean, yeah, we could stop with the original series or whatever. No, let, let's just do all of it. Watch all of it. We're yeah. really dumb. Is that your mad impression? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> let's do everything. I'm mad. Uh, but, yeah, the, I don't know. Like, I will say they got over the Kess thing pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, the stuff they were bickering about shifted from that to, like, survival stuff and a few other, like, at least... Yep. At least it wasn't about Kess for very long. Mm-hmm. And then it became about this baby, which actually kind of ties to your good thing. I like the uh, the look of the baby and its uh, mother. It's called mother. That surprises me. Yeah. Like, pleasantly. Like, you know, I am always a fan when they do anything even vaguely non-humanoid with aliens. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad we're not seeing the same bumpy-headed guys that we always see. Yeah, as someone who, if kind you'll of a goofy recall, puppet. way back hated the cat's paw yeah. uh, caterpillar monster things. Yeah. No, no, I like in the, general when they go sort of like like puppet when they go non actor with it. You're, you're usually like, not. Yeah. But uh, no, I like this thing. Um, I'm trying to if, I'm trying to figure out where where I recognize it from. Like well, it, looks, it, uh, it, it does look a lot like the Dis- or not Disney's dinosaur, but like the dinosaurs show. Yeah, like it's got that look to it. It's got sort of a lizardy birdie look. To mm-hmm. it. Um, like I feel like that puppet's been used before though in something. Maybe. Maybe. Um, like if but it turned out to be like the puppet version of uh, uh, the evil turtle in the second Ninja Turtles movie, I would not be surprised. Ah, uh, that I wouldn't know. Mm. But, uh, the uh, only thing I know about that is that it had the great Vanilla Ice song "Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go." Mm-hmm. And they went. Mm-hmm. Oh, they went. Yep, they goad and goad until they finally went. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I like the look of it. And then the the parent that mm-hmm. shows up later also, is is a human in makeup, but it's makeup that looks similar enough to the little baby puppet that it actually looks like the same species, and like it's it's good it's good design. And I think, in particular, I think the Delta Quadrant should be more like this. Mm-hmm. I think there should be less. Like we've got the canonical explanation now that okay, this alien race seeded the galaxy, and that's why everyone's humanoid. But I think the further away you get from sort of the core, like. Like, where everyone lives, Mm -hmm. like, it should be less that. You know what I mean? Like, as you get into unexplored space, maybe they didn't see the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Maybe they only seeded this part, and out in the unexplored fringes is where the super weird shit is. Yeah, we got way more weird crap. I would like that a Mm. lot more, I think. Yeah, that would be good. Like, if this show took it upon itself to do and i know it's hard because you you got to have actors mm. you got to have people playing but people I, who can read lines and yeah i, I get that others. but it's it's hard you know because mm-hmm. like i i'm so tired of seeing those same bumpy headed aliens yeah it's just uh, enough you know i will say this um there's a shot where uh the alien picks up the baby and just sort of there's a real close-up and i'm just waiting for it to unhinge its jaw and swallow the alien the baby yeah, it, it leaned into kiss or something. That would have been very easily have just eaten it. That would have been the perfect ending to this episode. And it's just Neelix and Paris beaming away going, oh, yeah, they were trying to protect it so hard and it just, just didn't matter. Yep. <laughs> that would have been good. 
Ugh. So in conclusion, I should be writing this episode. That's fair. You, you've definitely come up with a number of, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also had a, a, a better alternate title. Oh, yeah. We haven't done in a I long time. I can't believe for the life of me, I cannot believe they didn't call this episode Escape from Planet Hell. Okay. So we've talked about this before. That That is the internal thing they call their stupid, like, terrible, fake-looking caves. Yeah, gar- garbage planet. All the time. Yeah, over and over and over and over again. Um, they call it Planet Hell. Like, that's internally, that's what they call it. And they decided, wouldn't it be a fun thing to, to just say Planet Hell? No. No, because we all know. It's not like it's a secret thing. We all have heard the expression many, 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 we, many, many, We have used it on this show since it first showed up in uh, TNG. Yeah, and in fact, this episode was directed by Jonathan Frakes, and they used that expression back on Next Gen, so mm. he knew what it meant. Yep. So he probably thought it was clever, too, which I'm disappointed because I usually agree with him. Mm-hmm. No, Jonathan Frakes usually he usually knows what he's doing. Yeah, especially directing-wise. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like Luck of the Draw has given him some crummy episodes. He's a great director. Mm-hmm. Like, of of the actors turned directors, he might be the best one. Well, I mean, that's why they gave him, like, what, two of the movies. Yeah, they gave him uh, First Contact, which did well. Mm-hmm. And then they gave him Insurrection, which didn't do well, but not because of him. No. Like... You know, like you know, the guy did a good job, and they rewarded him, and then they yeah. took that reward away. Yeah, and but we because only get a very someone, narrow because someone's got to suffer for insurrection. <sighs> insurrection wasn't like we remember. But we insurrection liked insurrection. I'm saying, but it did not go. It did not. Uh, it did not make money. So no, they all the movies have to be epic. You can't just have like yeah. an episode like toned movie. No, That's, that was the problem. Anyway. um... But yeah, calling it Planet Hell, and not just saying it once is kind of a wink. That would have been like, well, that was stupid, but it's over now. No, they said it over and over Let's and over Let's get a again. better look at this Planet Hell. Oh, we're stuck on Planet Hell. And mm-hmm. just like, ugh. guys, you're not making it better. You're making it worse. But yeah, you said it should have been called Escape from Planet Hell. For, yeah. No, I, I want that for every, like, I want a stupid 1940s uh, serial yeah, title, title for every episode of this. Instead of stuff like part- Parturition. Right. Or uh, what was the one where Kess was eating everything? Mm, the It's not the phage. That was No, but one. like there's a bunch of episodes with title like just $3 word titles and I'm sick yep. of them. Yeah, me too. I want that episode to have been called The Things Kess Ate. <laughs> I, I don't know that I want that, but I think there's a nice happy medium there. I'm trying to think of a good one for the next episode. I don't know. The Incredible Shrinking Doctor. No, that only happens for a very brief time. Incredible! It's not that incredible. Horror, horrors in Victorian England. <laughs> the horror at Party Beach. There you go. That's something I haven't thought of in a long time. Anyway. That might have been the creeping horror. Basically the same. <laughs> a lot of those movies really blend together for me. <laughs> for those guys too, I think. <sighs> anyway, um, no, it's it's the Planet Hell thing was just stupid. Yeah, I thought, but it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I, I will say I don't like the three dollar word thing either, but um, it's better than the DS Nine title. It definitely is, but not much better. Mm, but it's better. See, the, th- the thing is, it's the same. Like, if you ask me which, which episode the ship is, I wouldn't be able to tell you. And if you ask me which episode this was, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But I also can't pronounce this one, so. Mm. Parturition, parturition. 
Parturition, I'm pretty sure, is what it is. Mm. I think. I don't know. I also don't care that much. Either way, I don't like. I couldn't tell you the episode. I, I just, I don't think any of the shows had good titles. Like, Next Gen had a run where they were all like Seinfeld titles, where it was all the this, the bow, that. Bow, 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 bow. Next Gen. Yeah. Um... So yeah, is that? Oh, you have a quote for us? Let's, let's do that and then let's I not talk do, about this anymore. But I got one more thing before we. I, there's yes. one more thing I want to hit before we leave this episode. Of course. Uh, Which is what? Sorry. Which is what? Oh, um, the, the very end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neelix and Paris, new, t- nature's new best friends. Now, yeah, now, now, great friends. Uh, wander away, and Neelix offers a cold bottle of fowl yeah. to uh, Paris. Mm-hmm. And what that turned out to be mm-hmm. was a a bird that had been squozen until all the juice ran into a bottle, which you then drank. Yeah, the the oily leavings of of a bird. Um, That's or pretty familiar. Yeah. Or, as we might have mentioned, what we're pretty sure Kanar is. Well, our, our crazy joke em up version yep. of it, yes. But uh, this, this show apparently made it... Decided to make uh, Kanar canonical. Yeah. So, yay? Yeah, I'll take that. All right. I, I don't think it has anything to do with us, because... You oh, know, it certainly doesn't. Made... I just think it's nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, what do you got for a quote? Here's my quote. Throughout history, men have fought over the love of a woman. Why I can quote you autopsy reports from duels as far back as 1538. That's not funny. It's not meant to be. You've always been interested in autopsies. That's a great quote. (laughs) I'm not looking. I don't know what it is. I thought you loved autopsies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. All right. Let's move forward now to Persistence of Vision, which feels more like a uh, DS9 title. Because it could be like, this is almost uh, uh, Eye of the Beholder. Mm -hmm. Persistence of Vision. The captain's in kind of a pissy mood, and so, much like how a character sneezing means they're soon going to die from some fatal disease, this is a clear indication that she's stressed out and needs to be relieved of duty. But this is the Delta Quadrant, and we're ostensibly trying to get home, I guess. So we can't just stop at the nearest Risa equivalent and send the captain there with a good book and the sign that says, please sex me. Oh man, remember when Riker did that to Picard? Good times. <laughs> anyway, Kate chooses to take her medically ordered relaxation time on the holodeck, being screeched at by horrible children, glared at disapprovingly by a horrible housekeeper, and kissed at by the horrible lord of the manor. Oh, I see why she's doing this now. Meanwhile, the ship is about to enter the space of the Bothans, which is probably spelled the same as Bothans, but then somebody realized Star Wars already had those, so we're saying Bothans. Fine, whatever. Then everyone starts hallucinating, and there is a distinctive tone to everyone's hallucinations. Disappointment. Which is why Kate sees her boyfriend, Mark, Paris sees his father, and Harold? Well, Harold sees his girlfriend, Libby, but she doesn't appear on screen because presumably the actor got super confused about how showing up to a studio works. (laughs) And ended up boarding an actual rocket bound for the actual real-life Delta Quadrant. Poor dumb woman who plays Libby. Oh, and speaking of disappointment, Bellana sees Chicote, who's trying to seduce her. Which, ew. Then Kess realizes that her mental powers make her semi-immune to the bullshit, and she and the doctor save the day and reveal that the hallucinations were caused by an invisible alien who wasn't really there in the first place. I think his name was not me. <laughs> oh, God. Yep, just running away. Yep, 
Hey, who, who made me have sex with Chakotay? Not me. Let's, that's as good a place as any to start. Yeah. What? What? That's when fucking... Is she, when has she ever shown the tiniest bit of romantic interest in Chakotay? I, look, we know, we, we know she likes and respects Chakotay. Yeah, she worked for him. Yeah, but... She got behind his cause. But, yeah. I mean, part of this might be my being completely unable to see Chakotay as a sexual object because... I, no, I I will, like, a, a few of the people we know who are inclined toward men say that he is an attractive man, and I All see right. it. He's not my type, but I see it. He's probably the most attractive man on the show, but... I don't know, man. Fucking Tuvok. Oh, I can never see past the alien makeup, unless it's Kalar. Mm. Oh, Kalar. Anyway... Um, I got a little distracted there. <laughs> Say, no. It, it oh, just, Matt, every it, time we bring Susie Plaxton into this show, we fucking well, she's she's gonna be on this show at some point. Oh yeah. Also, so there's that. Yeah. So fucking keep it in your pants till then. Uh, no, probably won't. I'm taking it out right now. What do you think of that? Oh, well, I'll take it out too. All right. Of a sword Good. fight. Okay. Well, at least we're not talking about Neelixes now. <laughs> Anyway, man, no, nothing kills never... my boner like thinking about Neelix's boner. <laughs> we've we've never seen any indication whatsoever that uh, that Bellana has even the slightest romantic ingling toward him. And actually, uh, to her credit, mm. um, what's her name? Uh, Higgs boson, as you call her. Yep. <laughs> Roxanne Biggs Dawson has said, "Yeah, I didn't interpret that to mean she wants him. It, it's more that she's lonely. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's really struggling to say, yeah, no, that's not a thing. Trust yeah. me, it's it's just not a thing. Okay." No, that I buy. Although yeah. I would, what I would like to have seen them do is, if they're gonna do keep doing um, her and uh, Harry, it'd be nice to have seen those two, like her fantasizing. I don't want to see that though, because I think she could do better. I'd although rather, I know she doesn't. But I'd rather see that than him than her and Chakotay. Well, all right. I do like I like Harold better than Chakotay for one thing. Well, but that I mean, what does that mean exactly? No, that's true. Shut up, Chuck. Up, Chuck? Up, Chuck. Were you trying to do that on purpose? No. Okay, good. I didn't even think of that until you said it. Oh. All right, then. No, it, it, you know, it just, it came from out of nowhere. It didn't really make any sense. And I, I, I didn't care for it. Dumb. But that said, there really was a thread of, like, disappointment. Like, Kate's disappointed because she's not back with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom's disapp- like father is disappointed in him. Libby's just disappointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what would actually have been good for Bellana? Sorry, just getting back to this. Yeah, please. She's do. been really um, like she talks to uh, like way back. She talked to Harry about uh, how there was no one back home waiting for her. Oh yeah, it, this she would have been lonely. a really like, good time to introduce. So, like she's always seemed very closed mouthed about you know, her past. Right. This would have been a really good episode to bring something in. Yeah, maybe. I could see that. Mm. Um, I, But in, in general, like, it's not like people are exactly getting their fantasies. No, they're exactly. getting, like, guilt-tripped almost. But I, 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 I don't mind that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's different, th- at least, than our usual, like, uh, naked now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where everybody gets what they want and everyone's just crazy having free sex or whatever. Yep. Like, no, there's, there's some complex, like, there's some good character stuff in here. Oh, yeah. There's, in particular, I would say, and this is largely a Janeway episode. Mm. In fact, Memory Alpha, for some reason, Memory Alpha's entries on Voyager are way more comprehensive than on any of the other series. That's so weird. 
I don't, and it's putting aside what my preference for series is. Mm. It's just there's way, way more than there is for DS9 or Next Gen or anything. And it's like one of the useless things they had in there was the working title for this was Untitled Janeway. <laughs> Okay, that's not interesting. No, that's, that's a way. That, no, that's a way better title. That might be a better title than Escape from Planet Hell. Uh, I don't know. Untitled Planet Hell with an exclamation point is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Like Batman: The Brave and the Bold, where every title has an exclamation point. I love that. Yeah, but uh, Untitled Janeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, half the you know half the episodes of the show could be called that, but it does at least emphasize that this is a Janeway centric episode, and it totally is. Yep. And Kate Mulgrew does some really, really good acting in this. There's, And some of it's the writing, I'll say. Well, her acting is my good thing in this episode, honestly. Oh, yeah? yeah. Okay. Um, just she, like, there's a, there's a moment when she gets taken off of her captaining job. Mm-hmm. And she's got a whole bit where she's trying to, like, give Chakotay, like, okay, this is what you're going to have to do. You got to pay attention to this, 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 and this. It's like, we got it. Don't worry. Yeah, and see, it's kind of a cliched, like, the control freak has to give up a little control thing. Mm-hmm. But they do, you know, she does, she brings something a little new to it, I yeah, would say. Yeah, I think she rocks it. And her best, her best scene in this episode, um, there's a there's a shot where she, every basically everyone on the ship is succumb to hallucinating mm-hmm. and she gets on the turbo lift and her fucking her boyfriend mark is just there mm-hmm. and he's talking to her and like why didn't why'd you leave why'd you leave me kath oh yeah kath why won't okay. you stay faithful to me kath and she doesn't say anything she just like pointedly does not look at him and she looks absolutely devastated well it starts on the bridge like it, it culminates in the turbo lift but it mm. starts on the bridge where he's trying to get to her and she will not let him. Yeah. She just will not let him. And it's really solid. Like I said, really solid. Like you said, really mm. solid acting from yeah. her. And like looking straight ahead and just not even like he'll talk. And she she doesn't even flinch. No. just It's just like it's like she's been friends with Tuvok for years. And I feel like Tuvok's taught her some like Vulcan disciplines for like focus and like concentration and stuff sure, and she makes sense. it feels like she's using that you know what i mean mm. she's just no this is n- no and there's a point where he tries to reach over to touch her and she like judo like like it's a it's a karate kid like show me wax on wax off yeah. just like swings her arm around like boom get, get away from me and it's it's just such a fluid like touch bam and it's done yeah like it doesn't go on it's not a fight it's just smack and i really like it and but what I was talking about uh, also was before that, um, building up to all this, mm. she approaches it so much like a scientist. Oh yeah, she never once freaks out. She she hallucinates the um. Uh, there's a woman from her uh, stupid uh, romance holodeck program mm. that uh, is jealous of the attention that she's getting from the the, the Lord of the Manor, and sure. she shows up at at Kate's door with a, with a knife. And she doesn't shrink away. She doesn't scream. What she does is wrestle the woman to the ground and take the knife away from her. Yeah. And the whole time she's just like, this is not real. There's a rational explanation. And when she has to directly interact with the stuff, she it, she she's not afraid of it. And it's it's great. Mm-hmm. And but it it's what I really like is just, OK, let's scan for this. That's not good. OK, I got to get down to sick bay. Maybe it's something with me. No. OK, let's scan for this. Like just everything about the way she handles it is so scientific. And I like that a lot. Yeah. 
And that combined with what you're talking about, just, you know. Yeah. No, great Janeway episode. Yeah. Just good. Mm. But um, yeah, let's. That yeah. said, the, the premise itself was stupid as hell. Mm-hmm. Just, I, although I got to give, Jerry Taylor wrote this. I got to give her credit. Her approach to nonsense episodes is different than Braga's. Yes. One of my main complaints about Braga is a bunch of nonsense that doesn't make sense and then spending a bunch of time explaining it and the explanations make mm-hmm. no sense. It's just on and on and on. Jerry Taylor, almost no explanation whatsoever. She's just like, you know what? Goofy shit's happening. Deal with it. This is what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And it is my bad thing that it doesn't make sense, but I still got to kind of curb that with, but I still don't like, I still like that better than Braga's approach. Yeah. No, it just, it's this weird ass jerk alien who shows up and likes screwing with people. Which... Except he's not really there. So maybe it's not. Yeah. I don't know. That's the other thing. I don't know. But th- there's a point where Kess is reflecting, like they give it that whole bullshit, uh, like a mirror and something Yeah, it's weird. Happens. It's like, they're like, you're reflecting it like a mirror, like that, like that's supposed to make sense. But on the other hand, again. Okay, that's stupid and it doesn't make sense, but that's all we get and let's move on and at least just concentrate on the character stuff. Yeah. That I like. Like I so it's sort of a mixed bag. It's sort of it's a bad thing but it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a, as a way to explore I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this episode. Apparently. I, as a way to explore what's going on in their heads, I like it. I, it's just a stupid story. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would do it any better. But, you know, I don't know. What did you think? Did you like this one? Uh, I thought it had its moments, but for the most part, it was pretty dull, you know? See, that's the thing. I, I didn't think it was dull. All my complaints were that it was bad. I do like the um, uh, when they're when they're running around the ship and everyone is just standing stock still staring into space. Yeah, and when you cut to their POV, you see what they're seeing. Yeah, exactly. But from but, the outside, they're all just kind of standing there. But I like that, like, everyone just, like, standing yeah. and staring into space thing. It's creepy. It is, and but there's no, a I, nice uh, there's a nice shot of Tuvok uh, imagining he's back on Vulcan that I quite like too. With his with his kind of hot wife, yeah, yeah, shows up on the view. Hey, how's hello. it going? And I don't I don't want to I don't mean to sound like you know Tom Paris there, mm-hmm. but uh, she's a pretty fetching lady. Gotta say, it's Tuvok. It's me, your wife, T'Pol. You're T'Pal. Oh, that's terrible, Matt. It's not terrible. It was great. You could do better than that. No. You can. No. I've been writing with you for a lot of years. I know you can. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I it saw it. No, she, uh, I mean, that's a that's a Vulcan name. It is a Vulcan name. To, no one can pal. convince me otherwise. Yeah. To pal. But she's not your pal. I'm no. sorry. That's, that's, I draw the line there. That's me, to pal. Uh, to pal. You're to acquaintance. <laughs> Not much better, <laughs> but uh, it's it. You know, I I do like everyone's caught in their own creepy like web of lies. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> yes, web of lies. <laughs> no, just you. You're the one with the web of lies. It's true. It's a, it's a vast web. Um, there's a bit where we've got uh, like Janeway's been seeing like before the the uh, whole. Uh, a hallucination thing really hits. We get Janeway like seeing weird stuff from her uh, from her holodeck program. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where she um, she goes back to see Neelix to be. Like, I saw this weird uh, teacup with flowers on it. Like, do you have that here? And he's like, No. W- would you like a cup with flowers on it? 
I don't know why I think that's funny, but I do. No, it's it, because he wants to please the captain, but she's asking for some weird shit right now. Um, no, uh, oh, and he does this, <laughs> she's like, this cup had flowers on it before, and he sort of looks at it like, I don't it see is. any now. I mean, you're the you're the rational scientist, so if you say that, maybe 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 I'm looking at it wrong. Let me have a real good look at that. No, I really. Do you have flowers on Earth that are just like steel plates? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. And again, I like that she immediately, rather than the well, I'm going crazy. She's like, well, no, something is happening. Mm -hmm. Something is happening on my ship, and I'm going to figure out what it is. I like that, too, because I'm so tired of, you know, Trek episodes where people, am I going crazy? Well, yeah, like like Harold's, you know. like That's why I said that's the difference between Jerry Taylor and Braga. Mm-hmm. I still don't love this, but I like it better. It's better, yeah. Um, I also think uh, I will give her credit, uh, Jerry Taylor, again, for the whole uh, Victorian novel thing was her thing. Mm-hmm. Like. She took it on herself. She wrote those bits herself. And it was kind of her, like, I guess she's into Jane Austen or whatever that stuff's based on. Yeah. And she really liked that stuff. And the fans, at this point, they'd had, I guess, some conventions and some some feedback. And they didn't really like it. What's up and with the Victorian like, bullshit? I, I think, like, the big, the valid complaint was, I don't see Janeway being so passive and so subservient. No, and we've talked about that. I get that. Mm. Yeah. I, I want to see her out having adventures. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. I want to see her. Well, I mean, I said a few weeks ago, I want to see her fighting aliens with uh, Amelia Earhart. Yeah. There's stuff in that vein. Like, if she wants to go have a romance, that's fine. But have a romance, you know, go play Princess Leia to somebody's Han Solo. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. But in any case, um, she, I, I give Jerry Taylor credit because the feedback was not good. The writer, the other writers were like, we don't really care about this thing. It's all you. Yeah. And she's like, all right, you know what? Nobody likes this thing but me, so let's just stop doing it. This yeah. is the last one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, good. You don't just latch onto a thing because you like it and just do it to be a jerk. You're like, no, no, oh, nobody's don't... into this. Let's, so let's... You, don't, you don't like my uh, Victorian adventure story, eh? Yeah. Guess what the next episode's going to be? Guess who's only. coming to life this week? Yeah. No, and this is it. This is the final thing. Mm. And I know because I know I've heard of it. I know there's other stuff that Janeway does, gets up to on the holodeck. So mm. good. I, again, I like um, I like that she sort of took her key. Like, and I don't think the, everything the fans want should be should be like you know bowed to. Absolutely not. As fans, I know I, yeah. I know how bad fan ideas can be. Oh yeah, hearing people's ideas for the for the new series. Just, uh, oh lord. Yeah. Which incidentally, we haven't talked about on the show. Real quick, we know we heard mm-hmm. we're excited. Uh, we will cover it after Enterprise. That's the plan. Yep. Like that, we're doing them in order in in production order. So yep, you know, I'm gonna break my rule of I can't watch ahead because I'm gonna watch it when it airs. Yeah, absolutely. But then we'll come back to it in a year or whatever and actually review them. Mm-hmm. So that and, that is the plan. Yeah. So and what was it you said on Twitter? I guess uh, Pa got picked up for a sixth season. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the, that was the news for us. Mm-hmm. We thought we were done in 2017, and now depending on how long the show runs, yep. you know. What's going to be interesting is when we catch up to it because we'll yeah, be doing that's, two a week. We're going to have to figure time. something out for that. And no, I mean it'll just you know we might have to have a delay for a while. Yeah, we'll see if it only runs for a season, then maybe not. Mm. We'll see what happens. But, I kind of hope it doesn't. Like I hope it's well. I hope two things. I hope it's good, and if it's good, I hope it goes a couple of years. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But in any case, that is the plan. We yeah, just like 
we are covering all Star Trek in production order, and that means this show comes after Enterprise. Yeah. So I really wish we could just move on from Voyager because we'll be finishing Voyager just as that show starts. Yeah. It would be good timing to just not do Enterprise, but we, we got to do Enterprise. <laughs> I'm not going to say we didn't think about it. No, we did. But I, I realized we hadn't talked about this on the show, so that's <clears throat> that's the plan. Anyway. No, I, oh, uh, yeah, Jerry Taylor saying, like, uh, okay, no more of this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's good. My quote comes from it, though, mm-hmm. which oh, was God. this delightful line from the very beginning. Don't be a goose. Which I knew they weren't going to top, and they never did. Yeah, don't be a goose. Nobody be a goose, okay? <laughs> there's, no law, there's no law in the book that says a goose can't be in Star Trek. Honk. <laughs> <laughs> um... What was your bad thing? What was my bad thing? Um, uh, I was a, I was disappointed the alien turned out to be a hallucination at the end. Oh, yeah? Partly because it felt like a cop-out that he's just like, hey, I'm not really here. But mostly because I really wanted him to go, that's just the thing, Captain. I'm not really here. And then nothing happens. It's an illusion, Michael. No, it's not. You're here. Damn, yeah. I really thought that would work. And then uh, Bellana kicks him in the face. <laughs> You wrote Annie kicks I him did in the face. Ki- I like, did write Annie. I don't like that either. I think she's just going to have to be Bolana. That's, yeah. I keep wanting to call her Kalar, but that's because I just keep wanting Kalar to be on mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, sorry. We've talked about that very recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good thing is a pretty easy good thing. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I, I've said several things I like about this episode, but the one I actually picked was the Doctor and Kess saved the day. Yep. But specifically, the Doctor and Kess, they were, like, character-wise, they were best suited, like, in terms of abilities, in terms of, like, uh, coping mechanisms, like, all the, like, obviously the Doctor isn't affected by this because he's not human. Mm-hmm. Kess has mental abilities we've alluded to, so she can, you know, I don't understand the reflection thing, but in general I get that she's more suited to this. Yeah. But also, they have the training. They have, they're, it's a medical kind of problem, and the Doctor and the Doctor's assistant are the best suited people to stop this thing that is is, is infiltrating people's brains. Mm-hmm. It's it just it works on a couple of levels and I like it. And plus I like those two. Like I like them together. They're one of my favorite pairings. Yeah, absolutely. And actually there's a there's a speaking of pairings, uh uh Bellana and uh Janeway at the end. They've always had that science bros thing. Yep. But in this one it's like uh Bellana's like I I had this really disturbing fantasy captain. I like it's it's nice they are now friendly enough they can talk about emotional stuff too. Mm-hmm. They're not just bonding over science. It's like I need to talk to someone, preferably another woman. Who can I talk to about this? Oh, yeah. the captain. Well, and I continue to like the captain as an approachable person, you know? Well, yeah, cuz we've had Picard obviously is the direct opposite of that and we've had Cisco kind of in between. Mm-hmm. He wants to be your friend, but he's also your boss. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Cisco was all, like, Cisco liked the people he liked yeah, he, on the he, show. He'd make dinner for them. He'd take them to baseball games. But, but when you're at work, I'm your boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can switch off and, and enjoy ourselves on our time off. But mm-hmm. when we go back to work, that dynamic comes back. Yeah. But, uh, Kate, uh, a little different. Yeah, you just hang out with her. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> Kirk never hung out with anybody except his two friends. Yep. It never even occurs to him. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying that, like, you know, it doesn't make her a good captain. It does, like, you know. No, it totally does. We've talked about this, too. Like, calling her the mom feels like we're insulting it, and yeah. no, not at all. and it's, sh- like, it shouldn't be. No, because I often use mom, and I use mom and dad interchangeably. It's not a gender-specific thing. Mm-hmm. 
But just uh, stop being such a mom means stop trying to pretend you're cool, but actually being kind of lame. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just what I think of as a, and also a dad. Yeah. But like in this case, I'm she's, still with it. Yeah. Ducka, 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 ducka. Right. People like that when you when you reference Austin Powers movies. Yeah, baby. That's shagadelic. Uh-huh. That's our next holodeck program. Oh, God. <laughs> I would not hate that episode, probably. Um, get her in the uh, Elizabeth Hurley cat suit. Yeah, the, the pro- uh, I don't know about that. There's an image. I don't know how I feel about her physically yet. I, January's not my type. I know. See, I, I like a nice older woman. I just can't tell if she's a nice older woman. <laughs> I I haven't decided yet. She is in a corset in this, which gives her a nice shape, mm. but corsetry, you know. It, 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 it achieves those ends through horribly evil means. Let's just take your internal organs and just beat them senseless. Squash them, yeah. No wonder so many women died in childbirth. All their organs are fucked yep. up. <laughs> hey, you know what you don't need? Ribs that work. Let's just get in there and just... Yeah, and push them into your, you know, all the all the stuff you got inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how the human body works. I I guess I don't know. And then let's eat some hair. Yeah, come on, don't be a goose. <laughs> I'm trying not to be, Matt. I'm, I'm trying real try- hard not to be a goose. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? I, I don't, don't know. Remember? It doesn't matter. I'm trying to untangle Austin Powers. That, how no, far I, how far back do we have to go to be talking about Star Trek again? I, we're still talking about Janeway. That's true. So, uh, I think that's all I got. Yeah, like I, I said, think there so was too. some Good decent um, decent character stuff. Yep. I thought. Don't be a goose. That's in there. Yeah. Yep. Tuvok's hot wife. Storage. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a lot of storage. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I would have loved. Um, we have uh, the stuff with uh, 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 Kate's boyfriend, but we also have the stuff with her dog. I would have loved if just once in one of her hallucinations, the alien was like, well, this this Mark guy's not working for her. What about this? Oh, Kate, why'd you leave me? Who's going to take do- me for walkies? Do you think the dog should be talking in that in that hallucination? I do think the dog should be talking. See, I don't see. I then I think her her keenly trained scientific mind might see through that. What I want to see desperately is: Did you ever see the Sesame Street things where they would put a dog like uh, they would make it, it look like a dog was wearing like a human suit and had like human arms, and they would just do the uh, um, the, the the arm trick from uh, Whose Line? No, but I can picture it, and I've seen gifs of that from elsewhere. Yeah, I want to see that. Although when you said a human suit, I first pictured the Buffalo Bill like skin suit. From, oh, uh, yeah, no, not quite that. Okay, good, because a dog would just eat that. Yep, that's just made of meat. <laughs> but yeah, that or you know, it could be with his other friends playing poker. Yep, that could be another thing. Oh, like in uh, in Tom Paris's bar, maybe. Kate, why won't you play poker with me anymore? Or shooting pool, I guess, because they already have the pool table, and mm-hmm. dog shooting pool is another variant of that. Yep. So, yeah. That's... Anyway, like I didn't like. I don't know. We're eight episodes in, and I haven't really liked any of them so far. But I would say this is probably the best one so far. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Just because it's not great, we get but some... I mean, it's definitely better than. Well, we get some good looks in their heads, mm-hmm. and a lot of these characters are. Are get feeling fairly fleshed out to me, and most of them feel fairly likable to me. Yeah, and we focused on the ones I liked. We focused on the captain mostly, and then the doctor and Kess, and a little bit of Tuvok, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Balana, and like those are all the guys I like. So you know, 
we hardly saw anything about Paris or Neelix or or Kim or Chakotay. Mm-hmm. So like they, what they need to do is focus on the half that I like. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I think that's everything. Very well. Uh, next week, our pal Bob, Bob Ball, our pal Ball will be on. <laughs> and we'll all be you, recording live from your place if everything oh, goes yeah. according to plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're coming up to Seattle, so the three of us will be in the same room, and those always have a nice energy to them. So mm-hmm. look forward to that. And, oh, God, one of the episodes next week is called Tattoo, so. Oh, maybe I won't come up. <sighs> you signed up for this, man. We can't get to the potentially great new show until we go through this. At least now there's light at the end of the tunnel and we're not just ending on Enterprise. It's true. So that's that's something. And on that hopeful note, take us out. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. 